Recorded in the studios at Mad Sky and Associates at 125 West Sunbridge Drive in Fayetteville. Produced by Brian Dean, it is time for the fastest hour in high school sports. This is the Ox and Oz Show. And now, here's your host, Mr. Jeff Oxford and Coach Randy Osnes. Hi everybody, Jeff Oxford here. And I'm joined by my, let's see, my good buddy, Coach Randy Osnes. Coach, how you doing? Oh, just better than ever. I'm doing fine, Coach. Thanks for asking. <laughs> I've had a really rough day, but I'm doing good right now. I don't know how you could ever have a rough day when you are Jeff Oxford. I mean, you're down there at Williams Ford Tractor on a daily basis, and you boys have a great time every day. I just got to plug in for Williams right there, too. How about that? Hey, I appreciate that, but I've had a rough day. But let's go ahead and talk football. Week 10, Coach. And we'll get back to this rough day, Brian, here in just a few minutes. We ain't going to talk about it. It's been a rough day, boys. I'm telling you all straight up, it's been rough. We're going to talk football or not? <laughs> i tell you what, I'm going to lead it off with the rankings. Um, I know last week uh, we had a problem because apparently I was not prepared for these rankings. But, Brian, let me tell you, I am rolling this week just like Brian is. Brian's number one in 7A, followed behind Bentonville, Conway, Bentonville West, and then Springdale Harbor. Now, if you go over to Hootons, it looks like they've uh, kicked, kicked uh, Harbor to the curb and replaced them with North Little Rock, but that's between Hootons and, and Demo Gazette that's got a little problem there. Yeah. But what do you think about that as far as their rankings this week, Jeff? Well, I think it's obvious who the number one number one team is. Oh, there's the no doubt is, there, no doubt. Know, but, uh, which, which is Bryant. But, hey, in the 7A West up here, up here, whatever you want to call this one of two classes of 7A teams, the one that's up here with us, uh, hey, the game of the week, of course, it's kind of rivalry week in that, in that one. you got Benville. Is that Benville West? That's that's the first and second place team in the league up here. And then you've got Rodgers uh, will be hosting Heritage. So, you know, those are two big games. And it looks like right now, if the season ended today, you'd have Benville, Benville West, Harbor, Fedville, and – Rogers and Van Buren in the playoffs, and Springdale and Heritage would be sitting at home. That's uh, you know, that's that's kind of what we saw a couple of weeks ago, and and you know, it, that Fevel Springdale game really kind of shed a lot of light on on what the situation was going to be there in the in the lower half of uh, half of the, of the bracket, or not? Excuse me, the bracket, but the rankings. Well, you got Benville nine and zero, six and zero. Uh, Benville West is five and one in the conference. Federal four and two, along with Harbor four and two, and and so that's that's going to be a big game too. You know as well as I do, Coach. There there's a big difference of being a three seed and a four seed. No, oh, no doubt, no doubt. I mean, you, you're sitting there saying, okay, how can we prepare for not just one or two guys, or not just this side of the football, but you know those teams in the top four are complete teams. And then Van Buren is safely in the playoffs at three and three in the conference. Then you get down to where it's really muddled up. Rogers is one and eight overall, one and five in the conference, but their one conference win is against Springdale. Springdale's three and six and one and five. But Rogers holds the tiebreaker against Springdale. And then you got Heritage at 0 and 9 and 0 and 6. So Springdale needs Heritage to beat Rogers for Springdale to get in. If if Rogers beats Heritage, then Springdale and Heritage will go right on to basketball. Moving on to 6A, Siloam at Russellville this week. 
And coach, what's your uh, what's your six six A rankings? Rankings uh, been number one, followed by Greenwood, then Jonesboro, Searcy, and then Lake Hamilton. So I mean, as far as this area, I mean, at least we're we're pulling for Greenwood. I mean, close enough to Northwest Arkansas. I always do a great job. I know they had that one defeat here, you know, a week or so ago, and uh, and looking for them to get back on the winning track and making a big run through the state playoffs. You know, I understand why they put Benton. I mean, Benton beat Greenwood. Uh, you know, Greenwood is eight and one. Benton's six and three. But they're or, or let's see, yeah, six. I believe they're six and three. I think is what they are. But they're six and zero oh in the conference. Right. Uh, you know, that's uh those two have looks to me kind of got a, a game going to be set down the road here in a few weeks. But no, I agree. Uh, and what's going to be fun about that is now they've both seen each other, and they have film. Uh, you know, in certain situations, this is what they're going to do against our defense and so on. And now it becomes a real chess match. All right, Solomon Springs is three and six, two and four in the conference. They travel to Russellville. Russellville's two and seven, one and five. And you know, Solomon, I, I believe if Solomon wins this game, they're going to be setting pretty good to make the state playoffs, coach. That's uh, you know, you got to love that for the Solomon folks, Solomon program. It, it, to me, it seems like it's been a while. Um, you know, they've definitely updated the facilities over there, and, and the kids are are playing hard, and we're, we're wishing them the best of luck. Moving on to five A. Coach, what's the what's the 5A range? In 5A, uh, Demo Gazette has Little Rock Christian one, Harrison two, PA three, Valley View four, and Valonia five. So, out of our conference that we're used to, uh, you know, the 5A, uh, Harrison and Valonia, and let me tell you, those two can play. And, and I've yet to see Little Rock Christian. Uh, we know about PA, uh, Valley View. I, I assume is pretty good, but boys, let me tell you, Harrison's got a great ground uh, ground attack. And we're going to see that firsthand uh, with Farmington this Friday night. Bologna, uh, they're multi-threat, and they'll come get you defensively also. I think Bologna, I think they got Greenbrier. You talked about Harrison. Farmington travels to Harrison. Farmington, and Coach, our Cardinals got to win this one. If they want to make state playoffs, they've got to win it. They're six, Farmington's 6-3, six 3-3 and three, three and three in the conference. Harrison's 9-0, and 6-0 oh, oh in the conference. And Huntsville will go to Alma. Huntsville's 1-8. and eight. 0-6 in the conference, and Alma, after starting out 0-6, they've won, rolled off three in a row, and they're 3-6 and 3-3 and and in the conference. I think they they learned something from us. Uh, you know, they, they got down to the goal line and decided they were going to throw three times, and, you know, we hold them out, whatever it may be. And then from that point forward, they kept it in the, the hands of the big QB, yeah. and, and he's run over people, and they've, played, they've slowed the game down for them, and, and it's, it's paid dividends for them. Well, the Cardinals, the Cardinals would need some help. No, there's no, there's no doubt. You know, it's and, a tall task. I mean, if you look at it, if it ended today, your your four teams in there, of course, Harrison, Bologna, Moulton would be in at five and four and three and three, and Greenbrier would be in at five and four, three and three. The only way Farmington's going to get in is if Bologna plays Greenbrier. You would kind of think Bologna is going to win that game, so that would make uh, Greenbrier. Uh, at three and four, and if Farmington beats Harrison for some reason, that put them at four and three, so that'd give them the nod and the four seed coming out of the five A West. So moving on to four A, coach. Uh, Joe T. Robson holds down the uh, the top spot. Arkadelphia, uh, last year's state champion, is number two. Shiloh, three. Nashville, four, and Warren is five. Moving into the four A conference up here, um, you know you got Shiloh. Shiloh sitting at nine and zero, oh, six and zero oh in the conference, along with Pea Ridge. It's six and three and six and zero oh in the conference. Them two face off this week, coach, and that's a that's a big game as the Blackhawks travel to Springdale to play Shiloh. 
It's a big game, and we've seen a lot of highlights on Shiloh, and they kind of look like Shiloh of old back in the days of Gus. Uh, they got a couple of kids that, you know, long range, he's running great routes, quarterback that gets the ball out on time, and, and a good offensive line that, that makes sure his uniform's clean at the end of the night. Very good defense, very good defense. Gentry, uh, Gentry at 6-3, and 4-2 and two in the conference, and then you have Perry Grove and Gravit, both setting at 3-3. Three and three. Uh, Perry goes three and six overall. Gravitz four and five. Lincoln five and four, setting two and four in the conference. Both Barrow and Green Forest at two and seven, zero oh and six. So the big games this week. You got the rivalry game over in Benton County. Gravit at Gentry. Um, you know, if if I believe, I'm trying to think back, Coach, but I believe if Gentry beats Gravit, Perry Groves in. If Gravit beats Gentry. Then Gravitz in. So well, I mean, it's been a big year for Paul Ernst. I mean, he's come in from uh, from Nashville, and, and not only is he a football coach, but he's also a softball coach. He does a great job in both sports, and, and he's one of those guys that's definitely here for the kids. Very happy for the Gentry program, and that, that's who I think will win this week. Uh, Lincoln Lincoln's at Perry Grove. I think uh, Perry Grove leads that series something like eleven to three in the last fourteen. So look for. Uh, Look, look for that to be a good game. As a Perry Grove, you know, they've, they've kind of had a rough year this year at 3-6. and six. Moving over to Elkins. Elkins has to travel down over the mountain. Uh, they go to Ozark. Ozark's 8-1 and one on the year, 6-0 in the conference. I think the only loss Ozark has is to Clarksville early in the year. Elkins at 5-4, and 3-3. Three and, three. and, Coach, I think Elkins is pretty much in the same boat that Farmington's in. Elkins is going to need a win here to get in the playoffs. They need a win, need a little help also. Yeah. And then you uh, let's step uh, real quick into 3A, Coach. 3A, uh, pretty much you're looking at teams, uh, you know, over in the Delta area. Uh, you got Ryzen, Prescott, Osceola, uh, and then you go over to Harding Academy at four and Newport at five. Uh, you look at uh, 3A up in this area, big rivalry game, Greenland at West Fork. Uh, Greenland five and four, three and three. Ozark 0 and 9, 0 and 6. Um, Coach Greenland, even if Greenland wins this game, uh, again, they're going to need some help to get in the playoffs. Yeah, and I think you meant West Fork. You were talking, you said Ozark there, by the way. Uh, West Fork, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but Lee Larkin, yeah. let me tell you, Lee Larkin will have the, the Pirates up ready to go. So, well, Coach, that, uh, that takes us through football. Um, let's uh, let's take a break, and we'll, we'll come right back. Make sure to stay tuned for the Oxenau Show with Jeff Oxford and Randy Osnes. You can now get your print on at the Ozarks. As if the Ozarks didn't offer enough, they now offer custom printed tees and embroidery in-house. That's right, in-house custom printed tees and embroidery. Have an upcoming event? Need to showcase your school pride? The Ozarks has you covered. The newest and best equipment on the market ready to print high quality designs and graphics on almost any surface now at the Ozarks. The direct-to-garment printers print into the fabric itself to prevent cracking and peeling with the best color and quality to boot. Print on tees, canvas, leather, denim, and so much more. To top it off, the Ozarks embroidery machines produce high-quality results to display your logo with pride. The holidays will be here before you know it, so hurry on into the Ozarks and get a jump start on all your design ideas today. And while you're there, shop the best brands in women's and men's clothing lines and footwear. Dress with the style everyone desires, all at the Ozarks. Located inside Ozark Outpost and Ozark Sportsman Supply off Highway 412 West, barely out of Springdale in Tawnytown. With high school sports from all around Northwest Arkansas, The Ox and Oz Show with Jeff Oxford and Randy Osnes. All right, everybody, Jeff Oxford joined by my good buddy, Coach Osnes. And, Coach, guess who we got on the phone now? Boys, I'm telling you, I know exactly who we have. It's a privilege and an honor for me. I had the opportunity to coach with this guy, and uh, and he's a great friend of yours and mine and, and, a, and a great alumni of Farmington, Jay Holland. 
Coach Holland, how you doing? I'm doing great. What about yourself? Uh, we're doing great. Appreciate you taking the time to to uh, to join us. And um, coach, what what we were kind of wanting to do here is we wanted to kind of talk about the differences. Let's go back to let's let's go back to the '80s. When the leather helmet days. The leather helmet That's what days. Brian Dean said last Dean week. Yeah. yeah, the leather helmet days of the '80s, and you know, you played your senior year. You actually, you were one of them guys that played on two of Farmington's greater teams. You was a sophomore when Coach Osnes was a senior, and uh, that was a 12 and one team. And then your senior year uh, was also uh, a, a semifinal team at 12 and one. And Coach, think back to those days and the playing style of the game then compared to the playing style the last year you coached compared to now. And, Coach, how big has that changed? Well, each, each is a progression. Uh, the physicality of the game has not changed. You still have to be extremely physical. It's just it's probably not taught near the same way as it used to be taught. Well, you know, uh, I'm going to chime in here real quick because we didn't—I didn't properly introduce Jay. You know, Coach Holland was was a coach here at Farmington. Uh, he, he, you know, he went down to uh, to Lamar and it, you know, one of the first ones to actually get them to the state playoffs. Uh, did a great job there. He's now the superintendent at Lamar. So I mean, he's uh, when he threw out that you know three-syllable word there kind of caught me, you know, because there's not a lot of those on this podcast. But anyway, go ahead, Coach. I'm sorry that I interrupted right there. Oh, you're not bothering me. <laughs> as far as the, well, hey, go go a little deeper. As far as the physicality, if you if you kind of look around and watch teams, blocking has changed, tackling has changed. There's a whole lot of different things have changed, other than just the rules. Uh, you know, there's always always been a rule, and it used to be called spearing, where you lead with the crown of your head. And that, back when I played, yeah, you're ducking your head. We were always taught you need to see what you hit. Uh, no different than the way I taught when I was coaching football. See what you hit. You know, it, a lot of times you, you'll see poor tackling teams doing what's called an arm tackle or what we used to call an arm tackle. You know, turn your head sideways and you know, reach out and grab them. And if, if you're playing a decent running team that's physical, you know, the backs are just going to run through the arm tackles. I mean, that's just. And you'll see it today in today's game. Uh, there still has to be a lot of contact. It is an extremely unnatural thing for a human to run into another human full speed with his eyes up. I mean, it kind of goes against human nature. So those, those coaches that were able to teach how to be physical and how to defend yourself and use your hands and shoulders for contact uh, – you know, you don't want to duck your head. You want to see what you hit. And that's, you know, that that part is still so that, you know, as far as targeting rules that's out there, you know, that's hitting a defenseless player or, with the, or you know, leading with the crown of your head. That was never taught to us. And that was something I never taught either. See what you're going to hit. Wrap up your target. Take them to the ground. So you talked about blocking how it's so much different, you know, today compared to back in the days when, when you played and, and, and Brian Dean and Jeff and myself. Uh, you know, kind of run us through. I mean, you, you like I said, you, you went to Lamar where, you know, they hadn't had the opportunity to make the state playoffs and, and you go in there and you change the culture and you, and you do some things differently. What is so different now within the, the terms of the way you – Wait a minute. You, you said we did things differently. 
uh, I didn't do anything differently than what I was taught on how we grew up. I mean, it's you know, it's it's a hard nosed game. It's very physical. You have to be in shape. Uh, you know, you have to have a winner's attitude. You know, everything that you do is is for the team. You know, and that's that's kind of all I took for Lamar. It's just they they hadn't had the type of success. They'd never won a conference championship. They'd never been in the playoffs. Uh, the first year we hit the playoffs, I think there's only been one or two years that we haven't been in the playoffs since. So that was, you know, it's also an uh, attribute to the fellow that followed me uh, as far as, you know, taking that success and trying to expand upon it. So explain to us a little bit, you know, we talked about tackling and, and, and the way that, you know, because I know you went to some uh, some camps and clinics uh, that had a lot to do with the NFL and how they're trying to, teach, uh, you know, the college coaches, the high school coaches, the uh, the Pop Warner coaches, uh, the, the way to tackle properly, the way to come off the ball and block properly. Uh, tell us a little bit about that, Coach. Mm-hmm. What we tried to stress at the high school level is to do everything perfectly. Keep your feet running. We used to say, you know, keep your motor running. Uh, you know, as far as keeping your eyes up. And the blocking is so different these days as well. I mean, the uh, there's, you still want to be the first off the line of scrimmage. You know, the battles are won in the trenches, and that's always what we preached with with our offensive linemen. You know, it, it, those flat bellies back there running the ball, you know, yeah, they get the name in the paper, but, you, you know, you, you're the ones that take us there. So we made up some T-shirts one year that uh, emphasized blocking in the offensive line, and it says, you know, follow, we had a little play just with our offensive line that said, follow us, we'll make you famous. And we had uh, offensive line as your circles and defense as your X's, and they had a little blocking scheme like on a little counter or a trap or something. And uh, the kids absolutely loved it. You know, follow us, we'll make you famous. But the, the most important part that we tried to aspect, uh, teach as far as that aspect goes, is the fundamentals. And I'm talking about the step, placement, everything and it was you know we we, we tried to be extremely fundamentally sound and, and disciplined hey coach i want to go i'm going to go to a, a different a different topic on on, on your football career here sure. and uh you know as, as as everybody up here knows i mean we, when we think of Farmington football, we, we think we think of Coach Hall and we think of your dad. Uh, had an influence sure. on so, so many people in this community, um, you know, and, and is is a, is is a great guy. Um, you know, you had the pleasure. I assume sometimes it's a pleasure and sometimes it wasn't of playing for him. And then you got to coach your son at Lamar, and I believe he was a sophomore. I think he was sophomore on that on that first that, that one team that you took deep into the Lamar playoffs or into the state playoffs. And 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 Jay, what what was well, that he like? Played, uh, it, it was pretty cool because I got to play for my dad. Uh, you know, we only lost just a few ball games, and he got to play for his dad that only lost. You know, when when he was playing. Just a few ball games. I mean, that's that that father son bond. You know, there's so many different aspects to that. Uh, it's invaluable. It's hard to explain. Uh, and the easiest way I can explain it is, you know, when when I was at school, you know, my dad was the coach, or he was the principal and the coach. I mean, that's that's it was it was weird because like if I wanted to speak to him. You know, I'd walk up, and when it was my turn, 
you know, trying not to be rude or anything, because he'd definitely call you out on it. But uh, <laughs> when it was time to speak, I always knew, and I would say something. And it was not, it was hard for me to call him Coach Holland unless his back was to me. I mean, it was just one of those. It was easier because, uh, like a lot of kids that play for their fathers, I had the opportunity to coach with him as well, which that that ranks up there probably my number one to ever get to do. Not only did I get to play for him, I got to coach with him. I got to see another side that not everybody gets to do. So as far as my son, when he came through – you know, I tried to do exactly what my dad did with me. You know, so you cool. made you made it. You made him run twenty five forties for water break and then ten hundreds after practice. <laughs> if that was on the agenda, for today, <laughs> that's it. but it, it, it would have been him and everybody else on the team. You know, I mean, and that's what you try and do with your own kids, and it's and it's hard as a parent to do because your own personal expectations just because you're the coach but you have to separate it well let me let me uh, let me throw was, jay let me throw this out there someone that you know junior high and whatnot and played on the same team with you uh that was one thing that i always had a lot of respect uh for your father because he always treated you the same as he treated the rest of us absolutely uh, you if know I and, messed up, then i played the piper that's that's, that's exactly right what i did with my own yeah, that way you're right. You're right. And Jay, you know, you talked earlier about one percent of high school athletes have the opportunity to go on and play at the next level. And you know, you're you're one of those guys that got to go on and play at Henderson State. Had a great career. And uh, you know, I I, I know that uh, there's there's several guys that went and played in that old AIC uh, conference from from Farmington. But that that was a tribute to. Uh, to your to your father and well, there was and, only one. There was only one prior to me. That uh, that that got to play the same way I did. Yeah. I mean, was fortunate enough to have a full scholarship, and I was the second one to come through. And I think there's been several since, and, and that's what life is about. You want to try and make yourself that top one percent, right? But that's what we were taught, and we believed it too. Because if he asked us to run through a wall, that's what we tried to do. We tried to, well, I think you can run through that wall. We'd go try and, you know, might bounce off five or six times, but we tried you know, just because he said he thought we could. You know, Coach, uh, Jeff was talking about, you know, a couple of the pretty good teams at Farmington, but, you know, the two teams that won state championships there at Farmington. I mean, how old were you when, when those situations came up? Were, were you on the sidelines? Did you get the opportunity to be around some of those guys? Oh, absolutely. And talk to them. They're, they'll tell you how many times I got popped up with a towel. Because I'm pretty sure I was quite the rounder when I was extremely young. But, yes, hey, I, I do remember the state championship ball games. And, uh, yes, I was a little tyke. And I, I was out there. I was the water boy, the tea boy. And I also liked the paper, paper cut footballs. And then we'd get in trouble sometimes because I'd be trying to play paper cut football, trying to be the water boy or the tea boy. Well, here I, I got one for you. When when uh and, and Jay, I don't know if you remember this. I, I bet you do. But Jay was in sixth grade. I was in fifth grade, and we were water boys for the for the senior high team. And we used to have to carry water out there in the old wooden coke crates. And we had we had little cups, and we'd fill, fill them up with water. And they called the time, <laughs> somebody called a timeout, and we go out there with the water. And uh, them 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 boys. And my brother was a senior on that team. I remember that. 
them boys took that water and them cups and they, they took their cups and they just threw that water on us. And, and we, we and we come back to the sidelines and, and Coach Holland asked what happened. <laughs> they said they throw the water on us. That was the last water they got that game. <laughs> no more water. <laughs> you remember that, Jay? That's pretty good. That's pretty good. That was good times. So, so Coach Austin, you got any other questions? <laughs> I'm still laughing about that. And well, the, I'll tell and you the another coke, and, and the Coke it's, boxes it's that you took them out of, yeah. that's pretty good. Do what, Jay? I said, I've got, I'll tell you another story, and it goes. this goes back to about when I was five or six uh, as far as two days, you know, which that's pretty much just an unforgotten thing as far as uh, Here we go. conditioning. Don't get Coach Osner started on that. Anyway, uh, <laughs> some of the groups, when I would get popped with the towel, I'd say, oh, okay, all right, no problem, because they had water break as well as far as practice, you know, be it midway through practice, whatever, they had big water break. Well, it was my job to fill up in those Coke crates the actual 12-ounce Coke bottles, and they were glass at the time. And if I had been popped a whole bunch of times when they were out there running before their water break, I'd be over there sipping on that water going, gluck, 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 and they'd run by and I'd spit it up in the air. True story. (laughs) I probably got popped a couple times then, too, but then... The next time, I'd set the, you know, I'd set those water bottles out in the sun here. See how you like the warm water. Oh, there you go. There you go. Well, Coach, Coach, th- hey, Coach Holland, thanks for joining us. And, and as always, it's always great, always great to talk to you. And and uh, look look forward to, to talking to you again. And look forward to seeing you. You bet. Thank All right, you. Coach. You take care. Appreciate you. Appreciate you coming on with us. You bet. All right. Make sure to stay tuned for the Oxenaz Show with Jeff Oxford and Randy Osnes. You can now get your print on at the Ozarks. As if the Ozarks didn't offer enough, they now offer custom printed tees and embroidery in-house. That's right, in-house custom printed tees and embroidery. Have an upcoming event? Need to showcase your school pride? The Ozarks has you covered. The newest and best equipment on the market ready to print high quality designs and graphics on almost any surface now at the Ozarks. The direct-to-garment printers print into the fabric itself to prevent cracking and peeling with the best color and quality to boot. Print on tees, canvas, leather, denim, and so much more. To top it off, the Ozarks embroidery machines produce high-quality results to display your logo with pride. The holidays will be here before you know it, so hurry on into the Ozarks and get a jump start on all your design ideas today. And while you're there, shop the best brands in women's and men's clothing lines and footwear. Dress with the style everyone desires, all at the Ozarks. Located inside Ozark Outpost and Ozark Sportsman Supply off Highway 412 West, barely out of Springdale in Tawnytown. With high school sports from all around Northwest Arkansas, the Ox and Oz Show with Jeff Oxford and Randy Osnes. All right, everybody, we're back. I'm Jeff Oxford. I'm joined by my good buddy, Coach Randy Oz's Coach, guess, guess, guess what? Well, I'll tell you what, I, I, I know what you're getting ready to say, but we're very fortunate tonight. We get the opportunity to talk to one of the uh, best softball players, probably not only in Northwest Arkansas, but in the state. Um, Hallie, how are you doing tonight? I'm good. How are you? Oh, doing very well. Jeff, does, Jeff, you and Brian both is Hallie Waycaser. She plays ball at Benville West softball. Uh, her coach is Coach Cantrell. Uh, she, she's a phenomenal athlete. Hallie, you have signed to play with who this next year? Uh, Florida State University. Florida State. And you just got back from playing with the, the women's national team. Can you tell us a little bit about that and how this whole process started? And, you know, how did, how did you come to be playing on this team? And, uh, and tell us a little bit about your journey. 
So about last December, um, I decided to go try out for the USA 19U softball team. And so I was 16 at the time. So I was really young to make the team. And on that team, there's like girls in college like Montana Fouts and uh, Madison Husky and a lot of really good softball players. So I was just, I mean, it's every girl's dream to play for USA softball. And I just wanted to see what I can do when I went down there. So I went to Clearwater, Florida um, a couple days after Christmas, and I tried out. Um, I performed really well, but um, I was really young to be making the team. So I didn't make the cut for that team for the summer team. And so um, fast forward to the fall, so about September, uh, the USA softball uh, manager or whatever, uh, he reached out to me and asked if I would be interested in going down to Columbia to play in the Pan American Games for the 17U team. And obviously, like, I couldn't say no to that. No, that's that's, much, that's quite an honor. I mean, when when they called you up and they said, hey, uh, you know, you didn't make the team for the 19-unders, you get a phone call and you say, hey, you're on the, the 17-under team, and, and we're gonna, where, do, where do you guys practice at? Where do they take you to, to uh, for everybody to meet up and go from there? So um, we didn't get to practice at all before we met up with the team. So we found out in September that we made it. We got our stuff at the beginning of October. And October 10th, we left for, or it was 9th, October 9th, we left for Miami. And that's when we met the girls for the first time. So we all flew and met up in Miami. And um, we roomed with our roommates. And then we flew from Miami to Barranquilla, Colombia. And then we had our first practice after our flight. And then we went straight into games the next day. So we didn't get to practice at all before. Like, no, like. The summer team, you would have like a week of workouts before you would play, and then you would play a tournament, and then you would work out for a week and play a tournament. But we didn't get the opportunity to do that, so we none of us knew each other going into it, which is pretty cool that we got to win gold. But that, that's, that's that's pretty much what that's, happened. That's the way I like to play. No <laughs> practice, just show up and play. Yeah, for sure, it was very nerve wracking. But after the first practice, like all the girls were so. I mean, they're so supportive, and we were all in the same shoes, so we all bonded really well together, and it turned out. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's one of those situations where, you know, the, the first thing is from a coaching standpoint is you want to get everybody together and get some team chemistry going, and you guys have one practice, and then all of a sudden you roll out, and who, who was your first game? I <laughs> know. It was crazy, but it was honestly the experience, like, that's definitely the best thing I've ever done and probably the best thing I will ever do. In softball, for sure, but it was pretty awesome. So you guys roll out and, and you play your first game against two, Hallie. Uh, Peru. And, and how'd that one turn out for you? Uh, we run ruled them. So we run ruled pretty much everybody except the championship game. <laughs> so we won two to zero against Mexico in the championship game, but we pretty much run ruled everyone else because we played eight games the whole tournament and um. We our offense is really good. So well, you know, there's a lot of us that had the opportunity that we we could keep up with you and kind of figure out what was going on and and see how you were doing specifically. Of course, we were pulling for you. You being from Northwest Arkansas, uh, as well as a lot of folks in Arkansas were pulling for you. You had some some pretty outstanding offensive games. Tell us about those. Um. Well, I I was so excited. I mean, 
I didn't really know what to expect because I haven't seen live pitching in so long. Um, I was done in July with so- uh, with travel softball. And uh, with high school's practice starting up, we didn't see much live pitching going into it. So I was hopeful that I, w- I mean, that my instincts would come out. But, uh, yeah, uh, I did really well. My swing felt really good. I mean, I was squaring the ball up. I, I just felt really good about my swing, and I was definitely on that weekend. So that helped, too, but pretty hey, much. Hey, Jeff, if you don't know, I mean, we, we've had the opportunity to play against Hallie many times, and uh, and I don't pitch to her much. I mean, she <laughs> <laughs> well, she's, it's, funny, it's funny you mention that, but I, but I do know. I, I, I've, uh, I've actually seen one of those games, but, but Hallie, I, I know that you can, you can hit the ball a long ways. <laughs> And uh, I, uh, I assume, I, I, if I remember correctly, how many how many home runs did you hit during the when you um, were down there? So I hit two, but the fields were two fifty all around. So yeah. we were on huge fields. Yeah, so a lot of those balls yeah. would have gone out for like a lot of our team. But um, yeah, so I hit two out, both in the same game against Argentina. But yeah, the fields were huge. So, but. Well, Argentina won't be pitching to you next time either. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so, so, Allie, here's my question. Now, I, I, I know of you through, through Coach Osnes. Like I said, you know, him, him and I are good friends, and, and we, we love to talk high school sports. And he will name off people. He will tell me people, say, hey, this kid here, you got to see this kid. You know, this kid's got a great arm. This kid's got a great bat, so forth. I'm also a big Razorback fan, so I'm. This is my question: How does how does this happen? Here you go, Hallie. How's this? No, I'm not. I'm not going to bash you because <laughs> I've actually been to Tallahassee and I've actually seen Florida State campus, and, and I, you know, I can't blame a, a kid for wanting to go to Florida State. But but how did that happen? I mean, do you have any connections to anybody at Florida State, or or is that just you visit the campus, just fell in love with it, or and, and how that happened? So. Um, my dad, my parents both grew up in Georgia, and so my dad grew up on the Georgia-Florida line. So oh, he hey, that's a country Florida. group. <laughs> the Florida-Georgia line, that's a country group. Yeah. Right? There we go. <laughs> um, so, basically, my grandparents live 40 minutes away from Bainbridge, Georgia, or okay. I mean from Tallahassee, so yep. they're, they live in Bainbridge. So, um, I like my seventh grade summer... Uh, I was going to visit my grandparents, and my dad was like, hey, like, do you want to go to camp there, like, just for fun? Like, I didn't expect anything. I, I, I mean, I played on a local team, so I went, and the coaches really liked me. I wasn't thinking anything was going to come out of it. I was just, I was just there for fun. Just, I just love softball. I wanted to be there. I love, I mean, my dad grew up loving Florida State, so I grew up loving Florida State. So that's pretty much how it, I, I, ended up going to Florida State because Florida State was my dream school when I was growing up. It's like, I always supported Florida State. So that's pretty much how I got, like, I just fell in love with Florida State, basically. Well, well I want but, to congratulate you. That is a beautiful campus. Like you, no, I, exactly. like, like your parents, I spent a couple of years down in Georgia myself, and I was about 100 miles from the Florida line. So that's that's my how I knew about Tallahassee and my time in Tallahassee. But, um, you know, that's a great school, and I wish you luck. That's, Sure wish, you, you. sure wish you'd have that hog on you, though. 
<laughs> we all feel that same way. That's one of the things that I was, you know, I was talking to uh, Jeff and Brian about earlier, and some other folks is the fact that you know you are right here in the backyard of of, of the Ladybacks, and you know we would love to see you up here on the hill. And a lot of people tell me that you know, hey, you you've been a fan of Florida State since you were a little girl. So I'm happy for you. I know uh, everybody around here is very happy for you. We'd just love to see you playing up here on the hill, especially someone that has already earned a gold medal playing for Team USA. Well, thank you. Well, we are we are very, very proud of you. I know everybody, your family most definitely, everybody in the state, we were all pulling for you. It's just a phenomenal honor. We uh, we hadn't seen anything in the newspaper about it. Uh, we hadn't seen anything on TV. I know your coach, Coach Cantrell, he and I have had many conversations. And I think he's, he's <laughs> called a lot of folks and talked to a lot of folks about it. So we're trying to get the word out there. And like we said, we're, we're just very, very proud of you. And can't thank you enough for coming on and speaking with us about it. And uh, hey, good luck at Florida State. Good luck this year in high school, except when you play us. <laughs> I know we'll play y'all a lot, at least three to four times. Oh, it seems like we do that every year, don't we? <laughs> Howie, thank you very much, and good luck to you. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. You yeah, bet. You bet. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Thank you. Make sure to stay tuned for the Auction Oz Show with Jeff Oxford and Randy Osnes. You can now get your print on at the Ozarks. As if the Ozarks didn't offer enough, they now offer custom printed tees and embroidery in-house. That's right, in-house custom printed tees and embroidery. Have an upcoming event? Need to showcase your school pride? The Ozarks has you covered. The newest and best equipment on the market ready to print high quality designs and graphics on almost any surface now at the Ozarks. The direct-to-garment printers print into the fabric itself to prevent cracking and peeling with the best color and quality to boot. Print on tees, canvas, leather, denim, and so much more. To top it off, the Ozarks embroidery machines produce high-quality results to display your logo with pride. The holidays will be here before you know it, so hurry on into the Ozarks and get a jump start on all your design ideas today. And while you're there, shop the best brands in women's and men's clothing lines and footwear. Dress with the style everyone desires, all at the Ozarks. Located inside Ozark Outpost and Ozark Sportsman Supply off Highway 412 West, barely out of Springdale in Tawnytown. With high school sports from all around Northwest Arkansas, the Ox and Oz Show with Jeff Oxford and Randy Osnes. All right, everybody, we're back. I'm Jeff Oxford, joined by my good buddy, Coach Randy Osnes. I want to remind everybody, hey, if there's something you want us to talk about, feel free to send us an email, oxandoz at gmail.com, O-X-A-N-D-O-Z at gmail.com. Uh, send, send us, send, drop us a line, and if it's somebody you want us to talk to, something you want us to do, just give us a holler. Also, I, I, I want to take the time right quick to thank our sponsors. Uh, if you guys, uh, if you visit one of our sponsors, please let them know you you've heard it about them on our our podcast. Uh, we sure would appreciate that. Um, Coach, I want to end up the show today with a with a topic that's close and dear to my heart. You know, we've talked about these controversial topics and throwing certain things in this here. This ain't no controversial. And, and, this is wrong, Coach. Well, that's, you know, <laughs> here we go. It's going to be on one side or the other, and we're going to let Brian Dean kind of be the uh, referee. But go ahead, and you, I'll let you start this off. Well, let me tell you, in today's society, this is what bugs me, is everybody gets a trophy. Everybody gets a trophy. I think back, Coach, and as we're going through football, every week when we go through football, and we get – and you should be proud of me because I, I said I'm going to turn over New Leaf. Not a single time did I talk about 7A only being in football. You proud of me for doing that this week? It's the first time – was it's the fifth podcast we've yeah. done? And yeah. Brian said it's the fifth. Yeah. It is. Well, let me and tell you something. It's the first time he hadn't, he hadn't brought that that's up. pretty yeah. simple because 
I got a letter from the AAA, and a lawyer said I need to cease and desist. And until my lawyer can type something up on, on, on a little formal paper, I'm not going to talk about it. But I understand. Coach, I think back into the 80s and, and, and even into the 90s, if you went to state, that meant you was one of the top two teams in your conference. Right. And then they move it to four teams. Exactly. And that's just migrated down. You know, used to, when you think back to when you played peewee baseball, and, and, Coach, I know you played baseball. You played peewee baseball. You won the league. You got a trophy. You play second in the league. You got a congratulations. They shook your hand. Yeah. yeah, and they said, hey, you guys did a great job. You're second. You just wasn't quite as good as that first-place team right there. But now, if you sign up and play, you get a trophy. And as a society, that bugs me. Well, you know, Chad Parrish and I were talking about this the other day. Uh, Chad's one of the uh, cops here in Farmington. I think he actually ran the city league for a year. And, and I think he took over and, and he had taken over right after the end of the season. And there was this, I don't know, bill from a, a certain uh, sporting goods shop. And it was for all these trophies. And, and they had done exactly what you're talking about. Every kid, if you signed up and you were on a team, you received a trophy. And so the next year, Chad didn't do that. Chad did not have that extra expenditure. And, uh, and he was telling me, he said, it's amazing how many mamas and how many daddies called him up and, and let him know that, hey, that's the wrong thing. We, we should have a trophy for each kid because they showed up. They, they, and here, here's my thing on this. First of all, if you're going to show up and your team ends up in last place, second to last place, you're going home with a trophy, in my opinion, anyway. It's called your jersey on your back. I mean, well, my thing. He's getting cold on this right there. Dude. I mean, that, that's come cool on, Brian Dean. <laughs> hey, I, I, and we, huh? we've talked about this, and he, here's, my, here's my thoughts on this. Do I agree that every kid should get a trophy? No. If you want the trophy, go out and earn it. Work for it. Be the best that you can be. I've got kids that are growing up in sports. They play multiple sports as well. And I just don't think that. So you don't think there should be a second place trophy at the state championship game? But no, I mean, that's in that not case, what I'm talking it, about, coach. Yeah, first, second, me, third. Let me I'm ask okay you something. First, second, first, second, third. Well, no, yeah. no, no, well, no, no, because no. in the and here's the thing. Here, here's my thoughts on this, Jeff. In the Olympics, who gets recognized? First, second, third. Your, your gold, your silver, and your bronze. Yeah. And then after that, it's nobody. No. Well, let right? me tell you something. So, and I think that when, that's the way that it should be. When I, mean, I placed third in the Olympics, I told them I don't want it. <laughs> I didn't win. So, I don't want it. I but, mean, Coach, you said if you're a runner-up in state, you don't get a trophy. I guarantee you do, Coach, but that's a team trophy. Okay, yeah. That, 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 that was going to be my point. That's what I was going to say. Team, team I think what you were talking. Yeah, I think what you were talking about is at the end of the year, no matter what, that last game, we, we shake hands. And if I have coached a team and, and we're 0-9 or we're 0-21 or we're – Two and eight, or whatever it may be, right. and I've got a whole box full of trophies to hand out. That's what you're saying. That's what I'm saying. Okay, at what age? All of them. All of them. So from, let's see, I've got a grandson that played soccer over in Bentonville this year. Every Saturday morning, 9 a.m., we would drive to Bentonville and watch him play. These little guys, uh, there were six on a team, but only three played at a time. Right. It's some of the greatest entertainment I've ever had. Of course, yep. it's my grandson. 
pull up lawn chair, cross my legs, watch the game, cheer for him. Never thought I would yell his name. I was going to be cool, calm, and quiet. And let me tell you, I'm just like one of them daggum soccer parents. <laughs> and I, we were having a big time. It's a lot of fun. But when the game's over with, and even when his last game was over with, each time, I mean, of course, it was, you know, his dad first, his mom second. Right. And then, of course, it's Mimi, and then he came to me, and we'd high-five. And I really honestly think that that trophy probably wouldn't have meant anything to him, but those high-fives and those hugs yeah. afterwards probably meant more, more than yeah. what a trophy would. Yeah, and I think But not, not everybody gets that is the problem. Right. So well, shame on the parents at that point in time. <laughs> and we I, all understand that. I mean, it, you know, it, it's, it's just like, to, to me – they should leave it to first, second, third. I agree with those. And then I agree with the, the one-off situations to where, or I shouldn't say one-off situations, but then the highlight ones, the ones that all conference. Um, your all-stars out of, you know, that get selected to a special team. I'm okay with recognizing them, but the ones that, you know, the, the sense of entitlement piece just, it drives me crazy. Now you went real quiet on us, and this was your – this was your topic. It don't matter what you say. There ain't nothing you can say that's going to change my mind. I think if you place first, you get a trophy. If your team places second, you, your team gets a trophy. I understand that. But what I have a problem with is everybody gets, gets a trophy because that just follows you all the way through your life. You know? Right. And, and I think it's a, as a society, you know, I think back to all the times my daddy got called to school because I did something stupid. <laughs> daddy never walked in and took my side. Yeah, that's very true. Know. But so are you okay with with the bronze medal? In the Olympics, I am. Well, I mean, just like – I mean, even in high school sports. Because if, okay, it, what's, what's the, the only sports that you really have medals like that is what? Cross country. And get them in golf. And, and golf, and that's it. Be a medalist in golf. Yeah. But so, so if you come in, in third place in, in the state tournament in softball. That, you don't, you well, don't know you don't that. Ha- yeah, you don't have you that. You don't know that because third, right. because the two semifinal losers don't play each other. Right. But You're going to give both of them? Okay, let's give them both a third place well, trophy. And here's the thing. Whether you gave them a trophy or not, it's going to be a team trophy. It's sure. not like you're going to give everybody an individual trophy. Right. Up until 2015, we had won conference and many regionals. And, and, a, and a few, and actually two state championships up to that point. And I'd always made it a point to give each individual player on our team mm-hmm. a plaque that had, you know, our, our, our accomplishments. Commemorated. So we didn't win conference in 2015, 16 or 17, I believe. And in that 2015 year, when I did not hand out the plaques, oh my gosh, the world's going to end. Well, and that's exactly, I kind of took the, the approach that Jeff Oxford talking about here. Sorry, we didn't do anything. You know, we we, I would we agree won some that. games. We had a successful season right. in, in my eyes because really we weren't that good compared to who we were playing. Right. But, you know, you would have thought the world was going to end because they were used to those plaques. Right. And I would agree with that situation. I would probably do the same thing if I was in your shoes. But in a situation to where, say, for instance, basketball. Because basketball, in a conference tournament, in a regional tournament, they play out the third place for for state seating purposes. At that point in time, the winner of the consolation game. You know why they do that? Because there's more than two teams go to the state tournament, which I think is a joke. You start that out. You start adding to it. You know, it's watered down. Everybody gets to go play in state. Used to be if you finished in the top two, you got to go play. But now you're taking so many in the conference, it's watered down. Right. You know, and very seldom. There has been times. But I think of a Farmington team, matter of fact, a boys team that won, went undefeated in district. 
So they're number one seed coming into regionals. They get upset by a four seed. But you don't see that very often. Right. You know, so I have a hard time when, when you sit there and you hear administrators and AAA talking about travel, travel expenses, travel expenses. Yet what, they, what we do is we keep adding mm -hmm. to. Now, as someone, you know, that, that played sports past, past the high school level, and Coach, you can, you can, you can attest to this too, um, you know, there's something about getting an opportunity to play past the district tournament. Right. You know, and coach coach played on 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 a team. You know, in football that went twelve and one, got beaten the state semifinals. Which I'm convinced, if it didn't rain for thirty six hours before the game straight, we would have won that game. But you know, there's something about that. But what I'm saying is, his is even more special because that's back when only two went. Right. Right. You know. So and you me, still played the same same number of games to to win a state championship. It, yeah, and then, you know there was more teams. It seemed like uh, at that time. The thing of that gets to me is kind of like, and I know the folks in the uh, in the upper classifications or bigger classifications aren't going to like this, but you know if you go into a state playoff situation with a losing record, you know I understand. Okay, you take a Bentonville, you take a Fayetteville, and we're going to or whichever team in seven A, and they go up and they play a Kickapoo. You know, they go over into Oklahoma and they play on a Wausau or whoever it may be. Right. You know, and I understand if you do three of those and then all of a sudden you, you play two or three conference games that are really close and you get beat by a touch or whatever it may be. But And you even see it like in the three and four A. You have teams making it that, that have a losing record. Right. And, and do they deserve to be there? I don't know. I mean, throw it up. Well, and, and you don't just see that in high school sports, but you see that in the NBA now. They're team, sub-500 teams making the playoffs. You come very close to seeing that in the NFL. And then on top, you know, and then in Major League Baseball, you see it. But so I guess then my question becomes, is do you think that when everybody else started to expand, that's when high school started to expand and say, all right, we got to fill some more roles because the NFL is doing it football-wise. You know, I mean – it's just, it's just like now with all the bowl games that are in college football, you've got teams that are 5-7 and seven making it to a bowl game when it used to be you had to hit six wins to get there. Coach, Coach can probably answer that question better than me. I'll throw my two cents worth in. used to be the highest classification in Arkansas was 4A. Right. Whenever those classifications started to expand, that's when I think they started to add more teams to try to level out the number of games in each classification they get to uh, – to win a state championship, and that and that's that's right. I mean, it, the only problem you have, and we we talk about this a lot. Uh, you take the bigger classifications, you know, there's you only have to beat so many teams to win one. You know, whereas you get down to these lower classifications, there's a lot more schools. Right. It becomes a little tougher, and and you can say, well, the the athletes are better up here, and so and that's that. So that's normally true. I agree. Boys, I mean, it's just it seems like you said earlier, it sure gets watered down. Yeah. yeah. So the, the, we got way off the thing there. I mean, we, we were talking about little guys getting trophies, little girls getting trophies no matter what, and we got, we got completely off, uh, off, off base there. But, I mean, was there a certain situation that came up that you're just like, okay, this is just crazy? Well, Coach, it, it comes up every year in the 7A. And, and, and I, I mean nothing bad about this. But let's just, let's just take the 7A this year. There's a very good possibility that you're going to have a team make a state playoffs with a 2-8 and eight record representing this group up here. And they're going to end up, they're going to have to go play a team that's probably 8-2, and two, 
are, are, are seven and one. What's the rewards, Coach? What is a reward for a team that's two and eight that's going to go play and a, a team that's probably mirror image of the record except opposite? I mean, you know, it's going to have as many wins well, as they from, do losses. What reward is that? Well, from a coaching standpoint, and, and you know, you may think this is crazy, but you get an extra week to practice those kids that two other teams in your conference is not going to. I mean, you get, it's a week, hey, we're in the playoffs. But you get an extra week to practice that you normally would not. And from a coaching standpoint, a lot of times, I mean, and you say, yeah, it's X's and O's and so on, uh, you can be sentimental about, about it too. And there's there's certain kids on that team that you, you're not ready to let go of, you know, and, and that's kind of a situation too. Yeah. So the reward is, is you can look at it in different ways. But uh, and, and I think, you know, I think I understand your point. But from a coach's standpoint, also, it's pretty cool that you get another week with those kids, whether it be for X's and O's purposes to, to practice younger kids or just to, hey, we're hanging out because we get an extra week to. Well, right. you know, it's it's shame you're going to have a team like that. I'm saying they're a bad team. It's got a rough record. I, I and, then, and then there's a very good possibility you'll have a Farmington sitting at home with, you know, it's going to have a winning record. Right. You know, so – is what it is, and uh, but I, th I think as a society, just my opinion, you know, everybody don't need a trophy. Give a trophy, agree. give a trophy, you give a trophy to the people that win. I agree. So you now, know? now here's where we're at. What's the next controversial topic that we're gonna that we're gonna talk about? I t I'll tell you what it is. Well, it, it's and this is this is going into next week, so yeah. you know, have something to really well, I'm sending give a, me a week to really think here, about. Here's it. your yeah. cliffhanger. I'm sending a petition to the AAA because I'm gonna get a clearance <laughs> for my letter. For my lawyer, but I'm sending them a petition to ask them to remove all scoreboards from all high school activities because we're just giving everybody a trophy. We don't need a scoreboard. Uh, you know, huh? hey, my wife said a long time ago, of course, this coach's wife, and she said, you know, if it, if it really didn't matter to anybody, why do we have scoreboards? Yeah. And there you go. I agree with that. I don't know. I'm, I'll let you pick next week's topic because, see, now my bad day just went and got worse. <laughs> Well, I don't know how it could be worse. I mean, we had a great time. We had the opportunity to talk to Hallie Wakehaster today. We talked football, and we talked about the old days with Jay Holland for a little while. And then, of course, we've had, you know, with this talk about everybody getting a trophy. I know next week I'm going to try to get a hold of a good buddy of ours that's over in Mountain Home, Dale Leonard. Uh, he, he sent us an email here a while back, and we talked a little bit about different things going on. But we talked back in, I think, episode two about Siloam and El Dorado and Mountain Home and all those guys having to travel. And, uh, you know, Mountain Home's kind of up there by themselves. And, and Dale was a basketball coach, was a softball coach at one time. And, uh, you know, I think we're going to bring him on and talk to him a little bit about their travel situation and, and, and how they deal with it and, you know, how the kids keep up with all the work they have to do as far as school situations. The Mountain Home Bombers. Bombers. You bet. You know, remember, remember back when, when Mountain Home and Harrison – was a huge game. Remember that? My wife graduated from Mountain Home, and I get to hear about that on a regular basis. The Bombers and the Goblins. Every time we drive through Harrison, I get to hear, hey, you know, back in so-and-so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, well, Coach, you got anything else? That's it, Jeff. Had a great week. Hey, hey, I pre appreciate it. Brian Dean, appreciate, appreciate what you do over there. Yes, um, sir. Uh, uh, you know, this is a day that I, I look forward to every week. You know, get to hang out with my buddy and – uh, we get to talk high school sports. I can't tell you guys enough. If you got something you want us to talk about, drop us an email. Oxandoz at gmail.com. O-X-A-N-D-O-Z gmail.com. And uh, we'll do our best to, to do it. Hey, you forgot to uh, pronunciate. Enunciate. You know, I, you know what? Kelly Waters. <laughs> Kelly Waters is off my Christmas list. <laughs>
longer cool I'm, I'm not you? sending her a card. She's behind this whole everybody gets a trophy campaign. <laughs> I'll get a phone call tomorrow. Now. Yeah, there yeah, we go. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, we'll uh, coach. I guess we'll see everybody next week. Sounds great, buddy. Take All care. Right.